What's up, baddies? You are officially watching or listening to the Power Play series. I have changed the name from the Good Energy Show to the Power Play series for good reason. And honestly, the entire episode today, other than the real talk portion, which we'll get into in a second, will be about changes. I am somebody who literally for my entire life feels like I almost change like every single week. It's like I'm a new person week by week. And I think it's something that I'm learning to accept about myself where I say I want one thing and then I start doing it and then I'm like, oh, I get this other really good idea. Anyway, I'm saying all that to say that we are changing some things around here and they're really, really, really exciting. So obviously the most obvious to you is this podcast. I still haven't decided whether I'm doing it every week on podcast and YouTube. Right now you can see me as well as hear me if you decide to watch on YouTube and tune in that way. But sometimes I'm like, Ugh, do I feel like recording video or do I just want it to be an audio? So that portion is still kind of tentative. I'm figuring it out. Could you try Ew, my Apple Watch just tripped out. So I'm still figuring that part out. But the one thing that I know for sure, which will be changing, is just the structure of this show. I feel like with the Good Energy series, I felt the need to just be like so structured and templated and come in with one topic that I was going to talk about and kind of have an outline that I go by. And honestly, I love approaching my TikTok content that way, where it's like very concise and clear for the most part. But I just felt this pull with a podcast to be more of who I am to my friends and family, and I am far from concise when it comes to my friends and family. I kind of like have all these really good ideas and just want to talk about them, even if they're not always so structured. And I actually felt like that was the best way to give value and connect with you because the baddies want to hear it, how I think it. Like, I don't always need to go and like package my thoughts up into this beautiful package all the time just to deliver it. So, say all of that to say that this is going to be my weekly space that is kind of like an audio diary, if you will. And I'm calling it the Power Play series because even with the stream of consciousness of it all, I want to be able to offer you tangible things to do. So I will be reflecting on my own journey and where I'm at, but I always want to give you something tangible to take all of that and do something with it immediately. So that's change number one is this podcast. Change number two, which I launched last week, was the Real Talk email series. Now you might be tuning in from that email series, and if so, hey, you already know about the excitingness that's coming. But I'm launching, I already launched an email series where people can submit things that they want advice on, whether anonymously or not, and not only will I include some of my advice in each week's email, but I'm also going to take some of those submissions and use them to drive this podcast. I really want to be able to give you guys advice as if I was FaceTiming you, as if you're just one of my friends or family calling me for advice. And I didn't want it all to be written. So I'm like, let me just bring this into the podcast. So after I, you know, get through some things that I want to talk to you guys about today and update you on, I will be reading some of your Real Talk submissions. And as always, you can always go to like my TikTok bio or Instagram bio and submit those Real Talks whenever you want. Again, anonymous or not, completely up to you. 
So those are the two biggest changes. I'm just so grateful to be here and so, 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 so excited about everything that's to come. And recently, I guess the most relevant thing in my life right now is that we came back from overseas a couple of weeks ago. And there's this thing that happens to me every time we go to either Lebanon or Dubai where I start getting antsy. And I don't want to come off ungrateful. I'm very grateful. I'm so grateful. Not only that I'm able to do this at this point in my life, that Ahmed and I are able to just pick up and go whenever we want for the most part. Um, I also traveled to Lebanon every single year as a child, pretty much every year. I don't. I think I've only probably skipped like three or four summers. And so it's really a part of my life. But lately... I think because I love the life that I've built here so much and I love my routines and I love my alone time and I love getting to do stuff like this, towards the end of the trip, I always get a little bit antsy. And I try to remind myself, like, just be present, be grateful, you're with your family, like, you shouldn't be spending this time wishing that you weren't there. But I will say it usually motivates me so much to just like hit the ground running when I come back. So usually when we come back, a couple of things happen. Number one, I get back into like a really healthy routine. And number two, because we're so jet lagged, I get into this like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. routine very easily because, again, we're so jet lagged that we're sleeping every night at like eight or nine and waking up at like five in the morning just effortlessly. But every other time except for this time. I wake up at five for like four or five days. And then, you know, inevitably one night we stay up watching something on Netflix. We have fun and the schedule just kind of goes back to normal. And this would be completely fine. Like what I'm about to say is not for everybody, but it is for me. And that's what I've learned. I really need my alone time in the morning. And for some, even if like I didn't schedule any calls or do anything until like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., the world just feels different for me right around 7 a.m., 7, 8 a.m., energy just starts shifting. I also live downtown. Like, there's cars around me. There's always these loud noises. There's still notifications on my phone, especially since everyone I live, like, everyone I know is back in Michigan on the East Coast. Not everyone I know, but most people that I'm, like, constantly talking to. So I'm getting those notifications in my phone around that time. And especially for someone who number one is an introvert number two has anxiety waking up at five for the past almost two weeks now has just been so god sent i wake up i'll just tell you guys my routine it's not like i made the mistake in the past of trying to do all this crazy stuff in the morning and i've learned very quickly that that doesn't work for me i've also learned very quickly that even though certain productivity books will say the opposite I don't like doing the thing that I don't feel like doing right when I wake up. There's this book that I read recently called, I think it's called Eat the Frog or something, and it tells you to do the thing that you hate the first thing in the morning. And I kind of do a variation of that, but I've realized since my my brain is so persuasive, I'm able to persuade myself out of anything, which has not been helpful for me in the past. The second I wake up and open my eyes, if the first thing in my mind is I need to go work out, it feels very dreadful for me at this point in my life. And it makes it so much easier for me to convince myself to go back to sleep. So what I've started doing is just waking up. And the only thing that I need to do, other than obviously go brush my teeth and wash my face, 
is go downstairs and grab my Starbucks drink. I don't like it's probably not the best thing, but for me, it has gotten me up because I actually have something very tiny that I get to look forward to as soon as I wake up. From there, I grab my Starbucks drink. I come back upstairs. It's still like dark outside. It's so quiet. It's so nice. And I sit down right here, actually, grab my planner. And then I kind of plan out what I'm doing that day. And that usually like dumps my brain of the stressors or the things that I have to think about. Like I'll know when my first call is or when I need to do something at a specific time. So I don't feel so stressed while I'm trying to like be mindful in the morning. And then as soon as I'm done doing that, I journal. I write at least one page. And I actually got this from this book called, I was going to say the book is called Morning Pages. It's called The Artist's Way. I'll have to do another episode on that book because this book is slowly but surely just changing my life. It's for anyone who considers themselves creative at all. You don't have to be an artist. You don't have to draw or paint or write music. Like I don't do any of those things, but I create content and I do consider myself to be someone who is creative and artistic in those ways. And the book has just been so spiritually transformative. And one of the practices that it recommends is called morning pages. And it's literally telling you like, wake up and just dump everything in your brain. Don't try to make it cute. Don't try to make it poetic. Don't even write it for an audience. Just dump everything that's in your brain. And it's like so crazy how much more clear headed and grounded and happy, like truly happy I feel throughout the day. So anyway, that's my biggest change, I would say, is I truly feel myself becoming a different person. Like I'm waking up, I'm happy to wake up, I'm excited to go to sleep at 8.30 like a grandma. And if there is a night where things are happening later than 8 or 9, then I'll do it. Like it'll be fine. I'm not going to like cancel my life because of this. But I'll still probably make myself wake up the next morning even if I didn't get enough sleep just to keep myself going with this schedule and there's just different ways to be unhealthy if the way to be unhealthy is not getting enough sleep for one night i personally would rather have that than getting thrown off something that truly contributes to my mental health every day and my happiness like i might be like bitchy for the first four minutes of waking up but as soon as i wash my face i'm usually i'm a morning person so i'm usually in such a good mood I want you to know that you can always change. You don't have to be the person that you were yesterday. You do not, please do not be the person that other people see you as. You don't, you're not like, nobody's entitled to a version of you that you said you were because you can always change it. You can always change your mind. And I'm so grateful for our travels because I always get this like, it's kind of almost this frustration of wanting to come back and change something. I don't know what it is. And this time it truly was like wanting to be somebody who was more disciplined with my routine and with my time. And I'm still working on it. I was cracking a joke on Instagram the other day that waking up earlier and having more time has just given me more time to waste. So for like the first week back, it's not like all my bad habits went away. I would still spend hours, even more time on TikTok or Instagram because I'm waking up earlier and I have more time to do that stuff. I'm not one of those girlies that like wakes up and doesn't look at her phone. Like I will literally look at my phone with eye boogers in my eyes and 
like not even fully there i know that's not the greatest thing but again like i'm not perfect not trying to be perfect not trying to tell you to be perfect i think i'm just so motivated by the idea of just changing and like being someone that i would be surprised to know that i i would have been surprised to know that i became a year ago like if someone went up to me last year like yo you're cooking three meals a day for your man. I'd be like, girl, bye. Uh, you got the wrong, the wrong one. Definitely not me. Definitely not me. But I, I have been doing that. I've been making him food every day and it's actually fun for me. So don't be scared to change. Don't wait for anyone's permission to change. Don't even wait for your own freaking permission to change. Just do it. Just try something for one day and see how it feels and commit to constantly refining it and getting better and even if you don't get better, just commit to it. Like, even if you did it worse the next day, just commit to it. I want you to know how important that is. So that's where I'm at right now. I want to, like, do more. I want to get more serious about what my goals are for this year because I really do feel like I'm in this space that I can just get whatever I want. And I'm ready for that. Like, I'm so ready to take, take that by the horns. So... At this point, I want to get into our real talk conversation. I'm hoping that these become like a regular staple in these episodes. And if for whatever reason not, then maybe the episodes will just be shorter. Who knows? But I really want to incorporate these real talks in three ways is what I'm thinking. So the most straightforward way is I'll pick one and just incorporate it into my email series. So today... If you haven't already subscribed, I recommend doing so. Today, the baddies on the list will get the Real Talk like submission. I'll go over it a little bit on this podcast too, but the more in-depth advice will be in that newsletter. And then I'm also thinking that I'll bring some submissions into my videos. So that's something to potentially stay tuned for, my videos on TikTok. Um, but for now, let me read you a couple of these anonymous real talk questions so the first one that we're going to talk through today says real talk rima i work as a pharmacist and because i'm pretty young this person is 25 years old i've been thrown off when people have been rude to me and not respected me like older pharmacists i ruminate about those moments a lot and i'm struggling to let go of moments i didn't properly stand up for myself and move forward I resonate so much with the idea of like ruminating on moments where you felt someone, I don't know, took advantage of you. Somebody said something and you didn't feel like you stood up for yourself. And something that I recently learned is that the reason we ruminate is because we indirectly, by not responding a certain way, or even not just changing our perspective on it, whichever, because sometimes you don't even have to respond a certain way. We felt like we violated our own boundaries by allowing somebody to violate our boundaries without getting checked. And it's such an intimate, really uncomfortable feeling because you want to be mad at those people, but you're really just mad at yourself. And you'll know this feeling if you've ever like sat and just thought about like, if I could go back, I would respond like this. Or you even fantasize about like how you wish you would have responded. So I totally, totally get that. And fun fact, the whole Power Play series on my TikTok is 
was born out of this desire to help people like you have that in their toolkit so that when the next time happens where they feel like someone's taking their power from them, you're prepared to show up in a way that makes you feel powerful and proud of yourself. So for this situation, I just want to say, I don't mean this in a gaslighting way at all. I would just pose a question to you. How do you know? Like if people are being rude to you, they're being rude to you, right? If it's making you feel like uncomfortable or like someone's being rude, that's that, right? How do you know that the reason that they're being rude is because of your age? That's just a question I really want to hear from you. And you can feel free to DM me on Instagram or even respond to the email today. I want to know how you know that it's because of your age. If the answer is because they treat everyone else differently and the only difference between me and everyone else is that everyone else is older, I can understand how you would form the conclusion. And it might be because of your age. I'm not saying it's not. I just don't know that it's helpful to draw that conclusion if you're not 100% sure that that's the reason. And the reason I say this is because sometimes we assume people act a certain way for a specific reason, when in reality, they might just act a way that has nothing, it might not have anything to do with us that they're acting that way, or because we might be indirectly self-conscious, this could be a very big possibility because I've experienced this, we might be self-conscious about something maybe in this case your age that the way that you show up is maybe a little bit more timid or maybe a little bit more quiet and that causes that person to feel like they don't have to respect you i'm not blaming you by any means someone should respect you whether you can speak loudly or not whether you are short or tall man woman like people should respect you regardless I just don't think it's helpful for you to conclude for sure that the reason they don't respect you is because of your age. And the reason I'm saying that that's not a helpful assumption, if it is an assumption, is because you can't do anything about that. Like, what are you going to do? Wait 10 years and then feel better about how people treat you? Like, you can't do anything about that. So to, to assume that it's just because you're young puts you in a victim position where the, there's literally not really a solution other than looking older which is kind of real. But if you are open to the possibility that it might just be how you're showing up or the fact that you haven't corrected people, so it created this dynamic where people can approach you like that, I would really, really urge you to try approaching these people a little bit differently or with a little bit of a different demeanor the next time around. So let me read this a little bit more. Um, like when they're not respecting you or if they're being rude, you can always find a way, like let's say they come and they don't say hi and they just ask you for something. I mean, I've always really loved when people just like look you in the eye and they're like, good morning. And it's almost like, oh, like gaslighting them into thinking like they just forgot to say good morning or they forgot to say hi. But I would need to see a little bit more specifics around like how they're being rude or how they're disrespecting you but I do think you can adjust without being defensive. Like you can feel defensively, but adjust by mirroring the type of energy that you want back. So again, if they're brushing you off or if they aren't greeting you, you can just stand firmly and say good morning or show them the respect in a firm way. 
that you are expecting from them. And honestly, people are not much different than kids. Sometimes they just need to see something done and modeled for them to snap back and realize like how they were acting because nobody wants to look stupid. So if you find a way to make them look stupid without calling them stupid or without yelling or without acting out, because that's just going to make them feel like they got the best of you, people will know how to approach you. I really, really hope that that was helpful. I would love for you to like, if this wasn't helpful, it's completely fine. I would love for you to respond and give me like specific things that are happening because that'll enable me to be very specific with the feedback and advice that I give. Okay, so next one is real talk, Rima. My mother-in-law is totally different when my father-in-law is not there. She's always so nice to me and drama-free when he's not there. But recently, he wasn't there for three trips. Oh, I guess when he's there, she's always nice to me and drama-free. Recently, he wasn't there for three trips, and she was getting worse and worse with me, criticizing me about everything, my house style, my parenting style, doesn't even acknowledge or think anything good I do. For example, cooking, kind gestures. Because she is manipulative, I know she will gaslight me or my husband if we confront her to find out why she is so mad and can't stand me out of the blue. No issues or problems in the past. Okay. So, whew, where do we begin with this one? Um, she's different when your father-in-law is not there. There might be something there that you really have no idea about. I want to address what you're saying, but I want to address something that I think is more important. And it's why are you feeling like you need to do something about it? And this is just a very strong opinion that I have being someone who's also married. If, if your in-laws are doing something, crossing a boundary, treating you in a way that you don't like, making you feel disrespected, that is not a battle that you should be fighting. I'm not trying to start off any drama, but this is real talk, so I need to be real with you. Like, that is something he should be addressing. So my first piece of advice is to never address something very directly like this, where it seems sensitive, with your mother-in-law. I don't remember who told me this advice, but they're not going to forgive you if you say something wrong. They will always forgive him as their son if he says something or confronts them. And this isn't to say you can't have a relationship with your mother-in-law where you're being honest and open. I just think if it's already at a point where it's tense and you feel like she's crossing boundaries and maybe even like saying things to you, or I know you mentioned that she would potentially gaslight you. I don't know. You'd need to let me know like if anything specific has happened there. But if you already feel that way, if you feel like the, the, the whole point of it is that you don't feel that you trust a conversation with her, you don't feel safe having like emotionally safe having a conversation with her. But it's not a conversation you should be having. I think this is a conversation that your um, that your husband should be having with his mother. And I don't recommend the approach of my wife says you did this because that's just literally that's even worse than you having the conversation with her that will put her in a position where she feels kind of like bombarded or she feels cornered and that's not good for a healthy relationship. I think that he needs to approach it through the lens of I've been noticing this lately when you're around 
my wife, it feels like this, or maybe like focus it on a specific interaction instead of just making it seem like it's this whole thing that you guys have been keeping tabs on, even if it is. The other day when we were in the kitchen and I saw like you said this to my wife, like did was there something wrong or did we do did she do something to upset you I just want to talk to you about it like that's something he needs to bring because his mom is not going to be as defensive around him as she would around you and even more so she's going to be more open to being honest with him than with you and that's not because she can never get to a place where she loves you and really cares about you and you guys have a healthy relationship but that's her son and she knows that he's not going to judge her the way that you might judge her for doing the same thing. Because again, there are more, there should be more boundaries between you and her than between him and her. I really hope that's helpful. My advice there, truly, truly, like talk to him, let him know that this is affecting your relationship with her and you focus it on the positives. You want to have a healthy relationship with her. You want things to be easy. You want to be able to be around them a lot. And in order to do so, he needs to have a conversation with her so that you feel more comfortable through the lens of something that he's specifically noticed. That's, that's just the approach that I would take. Definitely, definitely, if I were in this situation. Okay. So I'll do two more. Real talk, Rima, my friend won't leave her toxic boyfriend that she cries to me about every night. I'm always open arms, but she knows that I'm over their BS. That she started, oh. I'm always open arms, but she knows that I'm so over their BS that she started hiding things from me. I will always be her shoulder to cry on, but I'm tired of it being because of the same man we've been crying over for months. Hoping one day I don't give up and walk away like some other friends have. Help, my friend won't leave him. Okay, so this was the one I featured in today's email. I've written like very drawn out advice on how to deal with this situation. Um, but I wanna just talk through it a little bit more here too because I think it can help a lot of other people. I used to be that friend who would refuse to leave the same guy that I was literally crying over probably not every night, but like every other night. And I just want to speak from the perspective of what it feels like to be the friend in that type of relationship. I've also been, to be clear, I've also been the other friend who was fed up with a friend for not leaving a guy. So like, I think we, a lot of us know that perspective. From the perspective of someone with a toxic relationship who constantly wanted advice, one thing that I realized upon reflecting on that old relationship is that I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew I was supposed to leave him. I didn't really need advice telling me that I needed to leave him. I also didn't need advice telling me like how to navigate little situations because at the end of the day, it wasn't a relationship I was supposed to be in. I don't believe a toxic relationship is a relationship anyone is supposed to be in. Even if that person is right for them, Just it's, not, it's clearly not the right time if it's toxic. My point in saying that is, I think deep, 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 deep down, when I was asking for advice from the couple of friends who I would constantly confide in or telling them these stories of what happened, I think deep down I was hoping or wanting to see myself 
in the light that my friends saw me or see myself in a light of someone who is worthy of a better love, worthy of a more healthy relationship. And so what would happen is because my friends felt like that about me, they felt like I deserved way better. They almost judged me. And I don't really blame them because it's like, girl, what are you doing? Why are you with a person who acts like that when you're like this, right? You see this gap between who they can who they can be with and what they do deserve and what they're getting. And it frustrates you for them. So you kind of show up from a place of anger, frustration, sometimes resentment if they're taking up a lot of your time. Um, definitely a lot of judgment. And just like you're just fed up with that person. And so the reason that she lies to you is because she's starting to feel ashamed of of her own decisions she knows that they're wrong she knows what you're going to think about them so she hides them from you because she's she still wants you to see her in the light of somebody worthy of love or somebody smart or somebody who she can trust the biggest thing here is trust just bear with me i promise this will make sense towards the end of it when someone is in a toxic relationship and they want to get out I, I've never experienced this, so I really hope this isn't an insensitive comparison, but when I hear about drug addiction and how people who are addicted to drugs, how they feel about themselves, it kind of reminds me of how I felt when I kept trying to leave my toxic relationship. I'm not saying it's the same as a drug addiction at all. I'm just saying that when I've seen things or heard stories about people who have tried and tried and tried to break a certain addiction, whether it's drugs, alcohol, tobacco, they lose this sense of self-trust. And it's really shameful and embarrassing to constantly say that you want to do something, like be done with this person, and then publicly just go back and do the thing that you said you weren't going to do. It just destroys your confidence. It destroys your self-esteem. It destroys your self-trust. You start to feel like you're not worthy of trust. And even if you want to leave the person again, you don't want to like talk about it because you don't even trust that you'll actually follow through on that. It's really a sad place for that person to be in. And I'm not saying this so that you can feel bad or necessarily pity that person because that's definitely not what they need i say this because if you want to be strategic the way to support a friend who keeps going back to their toxic ex is to find ways to remind this person of who the hell they are who they were before this person they, that they're with and who they will be after them and we think that the best way to do that is to say it but it's not and the reason it's not is because it's just not. And then the second reason is, even though this person knows that the guy is toxic, she still loves him and will still probably feel the need to protect him. So anything bad you say about him is just going to trigger her need to hide things from you and protect that person. We've all been in that situation before. But you can find ways to show her who she is. Talk to her about things outside of him. Talk to her about her goals. Talk to her about her vision for her career or for her life. Talk to her about just like what excites her outside of him, right? And you don't need to be blamed. Like, I don't want to talk about him. Just say, like, just ask open-ended questions. Take, like, go out with them somewhere where it has nothing to do with him. Take her out. Make sure she looks cute and gets dressed. Like, remind her who the hell she is. Because while that might not seem like the most straightforward way to get her to break up with him, the more she behaves and embodies this version of herself that she knows she really is, 
the less compatible she's going to feel with anybody toxic. It will almost weed itself out with time because someone who's truly operating from a place of self-love and self-confidence is not a match to someone who is wanting to suck the life out of her. The only reason, ironically, she's in this relationship is because she's forgotten who she is. She really doesn't see herself in the most positive light. So all we're doing when we judge and condemn this friend or make them feel ashamed is reinforce the, the same identity that's just going to keep her in that relationship. That's the biggest piece of advice I will give you here about how to be a good friend. The other thing, this is the most important thing for your sake, is whatever ends up happening is not on you. Like, you can show up as a good friend. She can still decide to be with this person for the rest of her life. You need to deburden yourself of the outcome here because you cannot control anyone else. You definitely can't control what person that they end up with. And it's okay for you to walk away if you feel that being around this is too toxic for you. Okay. Last piece of advice is very different from the advice that I normally give, and I'm really excited to answer it. And it's about packing. Yes, literally packing, like for a trip. And I'll go over this pretty briefly because I can say so much about this, but I spoke to this person a little bit in, um, in my DMs to ask for more details. And this person was expressing how they always overpack when they go on trips because they're scared to show up to these trips and feel like they don't have enough. But then the weirdest thing ends up happening and it's they go to this trip having packed their whole freaking closet and still don't know what to wear. And I resonate so, so much with this. The first piece of tactical advice I'll give you before getting more into the psychological stuff is to buy packing cubes. Literally go on Amazon. I, mine are from away travel, but I actually like the Amazon pack more. Ahmed bought some. I just changed his whole life with packing cubes, by the way. Ahmed just bought some and they actually have more like different sizes. I recommend getting ones with like big packing cubes, but also like small ones that can fit like underwear or like random little accessories and grab those. It's not going to solve everything, though, because I've also made the mistake of thinking that I'm just going to get these packing cubes and now everything's just going to be so organized. When in reality, it's like if my brain is disorganized, I'm literally just going to shove random stuff in them and they're just going to look cuter in my bag, but they're not going to be more functional. So the other piece of tactical advice that I'll give you is to create a checklist of stuff that like 60 percent of the time you will bring on a trip anyway or 80% of the time, who knows? So like chargers, like stuff that you need, no matter where you're going, no matter what, what your attire is, like maybe a pair of sneakers that you always wear, maybe your laptop, your certain backpack, obviously your passport, like start with that, okay? So I have like a, a checklist that I constantly replicate for whatever trip that I'm going on because it has all the necessities of things that I just don't wanna forget to pack because those things are gonna, I'm gonna need to make space for those things no matter what outfits I'm trying to wear. The last piece of advice tactically is to try on whole outfits. I know you mentioned that you don't know what you're going to be doing, but because you did mention that you're like, but I don't know what we're doing every day. Try on like go for at least 60% of your wardrobe, if not 80 in that bag, like what you pack 
should be things that you can wear whether you're going sorry not 80 percent. that's like so weird get at least three outfits or four outfits for your trip of things that you could wear regardless what you're doing you're gonna have days where you're just going to a museum i don't know if i don't do that but maybe you do or you're just taking a walk around the town or you're going out to a restaurant where it's casual like all three of those things could theoretically be the same exact outfit so there will always be lifestyle stuff that you need to pack for and in that case i would say try on the stuff try them on get the outfits in your mind maybe even write down those outfits. I have a friend who actually takes pictures of everything she tries on and puts it in an album so she remembers what to wear on that trip. I think that's a great strategy if, you, if you're more visual. And when you pack them, pack them together. Like pack those things together instead of just packing six pairs of jeans. Try on your jeans with different tops and pick the two that you would want to wear with the most amount of things. For the things that are more situational, I always pack at least one dressy, like super dressy going out type thing if we're going to a really nice restaurant or back in the day when I used to go out, if we're gonna go out, right? I would pack at least, at least one dressy outfit. And Loki, because I know you, I know like if you don't have the outfit that you wanna go out in, there's always like a Zara or something that I know at that age, like I used to totally just go stop by Azara and get the outfit that I was wearing that night. You want to leave room for that. Like you don't have to have everything and you have to be okay if you if shopping is part of your lifestyle with that being part of the trip, like the excitement of I packed all this stuff and I like this outfit and it's my plan B outfit that I packed with me, but maybe there's something I can find while I'm there and just wear it for that night. I feel like you'd feel much better about doing that though if your bag wasn't like overflowing and you're like, why am I buying something when I literally packed my whole wardrobe? So I would say, depending on where you're going, just get a feel of the vibe and actually try, just try this on your next trip. Try to be more minimalistic. Try to pack a pair of jeans that can go with three or four tops. Try to pack one nice outfit, maybe with an extra nice top or something in case you want to like mix and match. Um, one pair of heels, like I've totally done that and I never end up wearing them, by the way. Um, you know, like m my packing as far as clothes goes has become so much more minimalistic and it truly makes me feel so much more clear on that trip. I know what to wear already because I've already planned these outfits ahead of time. Just try it. It's going to feel uncomfortable. That's, I think, all you need to know is that you're going to wonder if you packed everything you needed as far as clothes. As long as you packed everything that you needed as far as like tech stuff in your passport, if you're going out of the country, clothes are always solvable. Like truly, they're always solvable. And you will feel so much better showing up to a trip with less things because you'll know what you have. And that if there is something missing, you'll know what you actually need to go out and get versus having clutter on clutter on clutter and still feeling like you don't know what you have. But now I have to look through so much more stuff to figure out if I have everything that I need. And that's such an incredibly frustrating feeling. So I feel you. Just try this one out and let me know how it goes because minimalism has just, at least the like, I'm not a true minimalist, but the movement towards minimalism has really helped a lot of things for me okay this was so much fun 
as always, you can submit a real talk submission in my profile. It's a really, it's literally like one question. I'm really excited to keep doing these and to show up every single week in this Power Plays series. So love you guys so much. <laughs> I don't know why I ended like that. That's so weird. Anyway, definitely, definitely tune in again next week. Always email back and let me know how you like this episode. I'm always, you know, open to hearing ideas from you guys or things that you want more clarity on. And as, as, as always, please stay powerful, my loves.